Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Stephen Torriello Show. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode, where I found something pretty cool. Actually, I was scrolling through social media, and I seen this article, and it reads, China has returned helium-3 from the moon, opening door to future technology. Now this is cool. What is helium-3 exactly? Well, let's find out. Let's read this article. So the article reads, The Chinese Chang'e 5 mission has returned a new mineral from the lunar surface. Chinese scientists call the mineral Chang'esite. The mineral has been described by a state-operated news agency, Xianghao, as a kind of colorless, transparent columnar crystal. Also, the Chinese claim that the new mineral contains helium-3, an isotope that many scientists have touted as a potential fuel for future fusion reactors. So if you're not really familiar with helium-3, helium-3 is extremely rare here on Earth. And that is because about maybe two episodes ago, we were discussing the Earth's inner core, its solid core, and how it's changing its rotation and reversing right now. And that maybe it could be happening or has been happening periodically every 70 to 90 years or so. However, when that Earth's core, because as it's spinning and all the melted metal and molten magma underneath the Earth's crust, all that movement of metal creates a magnetic field around our planet. And that magnetic field acts as if it's like a protective cocoon around the whole planet. And it reflects a lot of the solar wind and cosmic rays and radiation. And it protects the Earth from all those things from outer space that are extremely dangerous to us. And because of that magnetic field, the helium-3 that is made from the sun, because the sun is, is made of mostly helium, because of that magnetic field, the helium-3 cannot find its way into Earth. They have found some, but it's extremely, extremely rare. I think they found it in some liquid natural gas deposits that they've tested and experimented with. And I think maybe they found some in saltwater or seawater. So it's it, they've found some, but very, very little. And they need it to experiment with. I mean, you have to have helium-3 if you're going to try and invent a fusion reactor that uses helium-3 as a fuel. So that's why helium-3 is so rare here on Earth. But however, the moon does not have a magnetic field. So the moon is just getting bombarded with radiation and bombarded with solar winds. It's just getting bombarded with all this stuff from outer space. It has no protection whatsoever. So that's why they found an abundance of helium-3 in lunar soil. So they found this, I believe, back in the Apollo missions, but let's find out. Here the article continues. The crystal mineral was exceedingly tiny, about one-tenth the size of a human hair. Uh, yeah, that is tiny. The new mineral is of immense interest to lunar geologists. The helium-3 that it contains has the potential to change the world. And that it does, folks, and that it does. Scientists have known the lunar surface contains deposits of helium-3 since the Apollo program. Ah, see, there it is. The main advantage over helium-3 fusion over fusion using tritium or deuterium isotopes of hydrogen is that it doesn't create radioactive neutrons. Its main disadvantage is that achieving a controlled fusion reaction with helium-3 is far more difficult than using more conventional fuels. So that's pretty incredible, actually, and that's why I found this article so amazingly cool is because they found that helium-3 fusion... By creating fusion with helium-3, it doesn't create a byproduct, a negative byproduct of radioactive neutrons. 
So the biggest problem with nuclear energy production today is its byproduct is actually radioactive waste, which as of right now, humans have no idea what to do with. So we just take the radioactive waste, we bury it underground, deep, deep, deep underground, encase it in concrete, and then out of sight, out of mind. But with helium-3 fusion, there is no radioactive waste. So you essentially have clean, abundant nuclear energy. You have clean fuel and a lot of it because nuclear energy um, from nuclear fusion is one of the most cleanest and most efficient means of energy known to man. I mean, learning how to split the atom, what they did back then was probably mankind's greatest discovery in, I don't know, since fire. And they basically opened the door to a lot, a lot of potential life-saving or human race-saving uh, energy. So th that's basically where the helium-3 came from. It came from, so Neil Armstrong was the first one to touch foot on the moon, but he wasn't also, he was also the first person to bring lunar rock back to Earth. And in that lunar rock is where they discovered the new element of helium-3. So that's so they've actually known about helium-3 for a long time. But what this article is saying is its disadvantage is that it's difficult to get a fusion reaction using helium-3. And that's only because they haven't engineered a reactor yet that uses helium-3. Why is that? Because they don't have any. So they need helium-3 in order to test it and experiment with it and create these reactors. So I'm sure once they get more helium-3, creating a reactor um, to get the, the fusion from the helium-3 is not going to be long at all after that. I'm going to continue on with the article. So according to NASA, China is preparing to mount the next phase of its lunar exploration program that will lead to a research base at the South Pole. Yes! We are going to the moon, ladies and gentlemen. Not only are we going to the moon, but we're going to be building bases. It's going to be crazy. There's going to be putting up walls. There's going to be like territories. And China and America are going to be fighting over territories. There's going to be laser machine guns and astronaut soldiers flying all over the place. No, I don't know. Kind of got away from me. But it is going to be pretty cool. And who knows? It probably will lead to something crazy like that. I mean, look how we are now with oil and, and fight. I mean, look how many wars have been fought over oil and fossil fuels. I, I mean, could you imagine what something like this, uh, this something this valuable? Man, yeah, I actually absolutely see uh, moon battles happening in the future with this stuff. So I'm going to continue on. The Chang'e 6 mission, which like the Chang'e 5, will be a sample return mission focusing on the lunar south pole. It will likely attempt to bring back ice located in the permanently shadowed craters at the south pole. Chang'e 7, which will be an orbiter lander rover combination designed to prospect for water at the lunar south pole, this mission may precede that of Chang'e 6. Chang'e 8, said to be designed to test technologies for the eventual construction of a lunar base. Yes! So China's on it, folks. I mean, they look like they're on this, they are working on it, and they got missions planned out, and they have already got some lunar rock back already with helium-3. So they've been, it seems like, working on this for a long time. Where are we at? Where are you at, NASA? Uh, the article continues, China, perhaps in partnership with Russia, still plans crude lunar landing sometime in the 2030s. That's not that far away, folks. 2030s, 2030s. 
In the meantime, NASA's twice-delayed Artemis 1 mission has a new launch date. If all goes well, the mighty Space Launch System rocket will lift off on September 27th. Whenever it launches, the mission will send an Orion spaceship packed full of instruments and other cargo on a long voyage around the moon before splashing down in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of California. So this article has to be a little bit older because the Artemis 1 mission was has already been launched as of today. And it was a success. It was a successful mission. Artemis 1 has already launched. It's already did its mission. It orbited the moon and did indeed splash down in the Pacific Ocean. So that's already done. But it was plagued with cancellations and plagued with problems. I think they had to cancel it three or four times. It ended up launching at the very last minute. It was just plagued with problems. But, uh, you know, NASA did do it. So I got to give them a little bit of applaud. They got it done. And of course, you know, just like any government program, they got it done way out of budget and way late. So not surprising there. I'm actually surprised NASA just doesn't turn over the keys to SpaceX. Like, why not, man? I mean, this guy, Elon Musk and the the people at the SpaceX have absolutely dominated the space exploration game. They have dominated rocket launches. I mean, they are dominating the entire field blew NASA in the dust. NASA is like the old dusty grandpa of space flight right now compared to SpaceX. I can look at my phone at the launch schedule at Kennedy Space Center at any time of the week, and there's going to be a rocket launch within a few days time of when I look at my phone. I mean, they're launching rockets off three days a week. That That's the most I've seen was three days a week. I can look at my backyard. I can watch them launch if it's in, during the right time. Sometimes they're in the middle of the night. Or just other weird times. And ladies and gentlemen, SpaceX is dominating the space flight. They're dominating the rocket launches. They're successful on almost every single rocket launch. And I'm just so surprised that NASA just hasn't thrown in the towel and said, here you go, SpaceX, get it done. And, you know, I guess it's for toting power. I mean, uh, political power. Who knows? I, I mean, you know how the government is with these programs. They'll pay for a program indefinitely for eternity, whether it's a failure or not. I mean, look how many programs out there that are not in use, that are failures or that are inefficient or ineffective, but yet you just keep paying for them. You know, there's one thing about a government business is that they never fail. A government business or a government program will never fail. Why? Because the government won't let it fail. Even if it's worthless, they'll still keep it going. So I'm actually surprised they haven't just turned over the keys to SpaceX by now. But who knows? Maybe they'll partner up or something and, and get it done. I'm going to continue on with the article. Two robotic space missions, one by Intuitive Machines, the other by Astrobotic, are still scheduled to launch by the end of the year or the beginning of next year. If successful, they will land probes on the lunar surface, proving the efficacy of the Commercial Lunar Payload Systems, the CLPS, program, that is pairing with private companies with NASA to begin lunar exploration in earnest. More CLPS missions will take place in the following years, though that program is haunted by bankruptcy of one of the participants, Maston Space Systems. So it looks like this program is already being delayed and is already running into problems because of financial issues of one of the partnering companies. So... I don't know, folks. I I think it's kind of concerning that China is so far ahead of us on this because this seems like a great opportunity for the United States to really get that, you know, that next 
scientific step, that next, you know, scientific revolution that the United States so desperately needs. Um, because, you know, we just haven't had any big technological breakthroughs in a long time. And the United States really needs it. And this would, this seems like something perfect for that. I mean, think about it. We would have the means to harness clean, abundant energy for years and years to come. The, the, the possibility of just replacing fossil fuels with a helium three reactor. I mean, come on. It seems like a huge deal to just kind of be like, oh, well, we can't really get the program off the ground because companies are filing bankruptcy. Man, that's why I say just hand it over to SpaceX and say, look, man, this is what we're looking for. Let's make it happen. And, you know, just just seems like something the United States is going to drop the ball on and it's not going to be good for anybody. Um, let's continue on with the article. NASA still plans to send Artemis 2 and a crew of four astronauts, one of them from Canada, around the moon in 2024. The next year, or perhaps the year following, Artemis 3 will land the first astronauts on the lunar surface since the mission of Apollo 17 in 1972. Well, considering the problems that they had with Artemis 1, I'm not going to hold my breath with Artemis 2 for the simple fact that they're sending up astronauts now. So it's a lot different than sending up an expensive payload. Now you're talking about human lives here. I don't know. I just see this running into a lot, a lot of issues. And then the Artemis 3 is the astronauts and then landing the astronauts on the moon and then returning the astronauts back to Earth, which also seems like a huge endeavor, which I don't know. I just, you know, this stuff takes a long time. And it's not just because the country or the government is slow and ineffective and bloated and inefficient and wasteful, but it's also because the consensus, you know, what people think is important. And honestly, you know, a lot of people didn't like the idea of the Apollo missions back when they were doing them. You know, they thought sending, you know, sending man to the moon was a waste of money. Because at the time we were we were in some pretty we were in some in pretty financial hard times then, and so you know a lot of people were like, oh, you're wasting all this money sending people to the moon when we got problems here. Kind of the same stuff you hear today, you know, with, with the whole Ukraine and Russia war. You know, you're sending all this stuff over to Ukraine when we have problems here, and and I'm actually one of those people. I, I agree. I think we're wasting and sending way too much money over to Ukraine. But I digress. We'll continue on with the article and see what else it has to say here. So many reasons exist for the returning to the moon, science, commerce, and the bragging rights that translate into soft political power. Ah, see. However, China's return of helium-3 suggests that the moon could become the Persian Gulf of the mid to late 21st century. Clean and abundant fusion energy would change the world in ways that can barely be evaluated. So there you go. I mean, anybody can see it coming from a mile away. You're going to have the United States up there fighting for territory. You're going to have China up there fighting for territory. Oh, there's more helium-3 in our territory, and there's going to be big moon battles and laser machine guns, and it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy, ladies and gentlemen. I just hope I'm alive to see it. That's going to be insane. Of course, the problem remains of getting the technology of helium-3 fusion working. Helium-3 fusion may not become a reality before the middle of the century because of the technological obstacles involved. Some changes in American space and energy policy might hasten the advent of helium-3 fusion, however. Yeah, so, like I said earlier, they don't really have a reactor at the moment 
that they can get very good results from using helium three and a one is the technology may not just be there or two, they don't have any helium three to experiment with. So, I mean, they got to have the helium three in order to start testing these reactors and getting one working. Uh, the article continues, the United States should start testing mining operations on the moon's surface, particularly extracting helium-3 from lunar soil. Then helium-3 could be transported to Earth and provided to research laboratories so they can continue research and development of what promises to be a solution to both energy scarcity and climate change. And that it would, ladies and gentlemen. The, the energy scarcity would probably no longer be... Well, you know, there's always going to be some kind of crisis happening here on Earth. Nothing's ever going to solve the energy crisis because even if you did have unlimited amounts of helium-3, there's always going to be some kind of, you know, crisis that happens. You know, there's not enough energy, you know, and even with the helium-3, I mean, it's not, it's a lot of it on the moon, but it's not an indefinite amount. You know, it's definitely a finite amount of helium-3 on the moon. Granted, I think it's probably enough to to use indefinitely, probably for a thousand years. I don't know. Depends on how much energy they they how much helium three they get out of the moon. But from what I've been reading, there's quite a bit of it up there. But the problem is with returning it back to Earth. I mean, you're gonna, that is a huge, huge endeavor. Returning tons and tons of of lunar rock back to Earth. They're gonna have to mine it there at a base on the surface extract the helium-3, and just send the helium-3 back as a whole. Um, I actually, I printed this off because I was curious to how much helium-3 would be worth and what it, what's its value. So helium-3, so lunar mining. Samples collected in 1969 by Neil Armstrong during the first lunar landing showed that the helium-3 concentrations in lunar soil are at least 13 parts per billion by weight. Levels may range from 20 to 30 parts per billion in undisturbed soils. Quantities as small as 20 parts per billion may seem too trivial to consider at a projected value of 40,000 per ounce. So 220 pounds of helium-3 would be worth about $141 million, ladies and gentlemen. That is huge. So 40,000 per ounce. 141 million for 220 pounds. So enough helium three, the size of a grown man is worth 141 million dollars. That is insane. Oh yeah, we're definitely going up there. There's no doubt about it now. The incentive is there, ladies and gentlemen. The incentive is there. They are for sure going. If you're talking about that kind of money, they'll be there. I'm going to read the rest of this. Because of the concentration of helium-3 is extremely low, it would be necessary to process large amounts of rock and soil to isolate the material. Digging a patch of lunar surface roughly three-quarters of a square mile to a depth of about nine feet should yield about 220 pounds of helium-3, enough to power a city the size of Dallas or Detroit for a year. Well, that's actually, that's actually a lot less than I thought. I mean, if you think about it, you're talking about they would have to dig a patch of lunar surface three quarters of a square mile to a depth of about nine feet. That's a lot, folks. Three quarters of a square mile at nine feet deep only to yield 220 pounds. Wow. So that's not as abundant as I thought. So, and 220 pounds of helium-3 would power the city the size of Dallas or Detroit for a year. Okay, so... 
I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not as abundant as I thought up there on the moon. But either way, they're going, ladies and gentlemen. They're going. There's no way that they see that kind of money and that kind of value up on the moon and they're not going to go. They're going to go. They're going to mine the crap out of the moon. And it's going to be just like here it is on Earth, in the mines here down on Earth. You're going to have fights over territory. You're probably going to have, like, child astronaut slave labor up there on the moon. There's going to be all kinds of crazy stuff happening. Fights over land. It's going to be pretty intense. But, yeah, I thought that article was pretty cool. I thought it was a little bit different today. I wanted to do a show, maybe not so depressing, and, you know, give people hope, man. Because people need hope. you got to have hope that energy an abundant source of energy like that would solve a lot of problems i mean it's not like it's going to lower our electric bill trust me folks i don't care if they had the means of unlimited energy for the rest of time we're still paying an electric bill people are still going to find ways to make money off of it and that's just how it goes why because that's just reality that's just how it is if we don't like it then i guess start your own electric company but I just think it would be good for the country too. Think about it. We haven't had America hasn't had anything to unite us with in a long time. And it and it's always unfortunate that it seems like the very negative bad events are the things that unite the American people, like 9/11. I remember reading the news or I was I think I was watching CNN at the time around 9/11 and they said there wasn't one crime committed for 3 days after 9/11. And that says a lot, folks. That's, you know, that's pretty impressive. That means some that that hit Americans pretty hard, you know, and it's uh, it's just a shame that we can't unite on anything but tragedy anymore. Well, we did in the moon race, but even in the moon race, they had people against it. You know, they had uh, they had people that thought that because we were in such a hard financial times that they didn't see the necessity to waste money on sending people to the moon, but it was a lot more than just sending people to the moon. You know, it's, it, that's just what it was on the outside, but on the inside, it was about giving people hope and encouraging people and showing people that we can do anything if we put our mind to it. And so it did a lot more than just put astronauts on the moon. And obviously it maybe have helped our future because that, that rock that he brought back had some helium three in it. And now we know that it could be the potential energy of the future for mankind. You know, everything happens for a reason, folks. That's how I believe. I believe everything happens for a reason. And so I wanted to read this article today because I thought it would just be a cool, neat article to read and, you know, give people hope out there. People need hope. I'm a firm believer in hope, and I think hope does a lot for the soul. So... I'm glad you tuned in today's episode. I'm sorry I didn't get one out yesterday. Like I said, I've been busy. Um, and I figured I would do something cool today on this Helium 3. So keep an eye out for this. I think you're going to start hearing more and more about it. And folks, let's just hope China is not that far ahead of us on this. And let's hope NASA and our government has their stuff together to where, you know, China's not up there mining all this helium-3 and just taking over the world because they control all the means of energy production and all the means of helium-3. Because that would really suck, because we know how they operate. And it I think it said it in this article. They don't exactly have the best, necessarily have the world's best interest at heart. So let's just hope America and NASA 
And maybe even SpaceX, maybe maybe Elon Musk needs to send a message over to his company and be like, yo, let's start planning to, to bring back some helium-3. Who owns the moon, anyways? That's something I want to look up. Who owns the moon? Isn't there, Wasn't there, like, some kind of moon act that they made, like, a, a, a treaty or some kind of pact or something to where nobody could claim rights to the moon? I just feel like some kind of crazy battle or war is going to ensue because of this helium-3 on the moon. You know how us us humans do it, man. When we find something valuable, we, we tend to want to fight each other over it. So let's just hope that's not the case. And let's just hope that somebody brings some of this helium-3 back. We get a nice a nice little chunk of it, and we can all live on with peace, love, and happiness. And I personally, I don't think we're going to see this in our in our lifetimes. Probably not for a while, though. I would imagine, like they said, if listen, if NASA plans by the middle of, you know, towards the end of the century, then you could probably plan on being like, I don't know, 2060, 2070. So, of course, they're going to be behind schedule and way, way above budget. But I really hope I see this in my lifetime. I think it's cool. It'll kind of make me feel good, you know, leaving leaving mankind to my kids in in better shape. I guess that's all oh, that's all our mission. That's that's what we're supposed to do, I guess. You know, it's we always want to leave things better than the way it was given to us or at least leave it the same. But I don't feel like that right now. I feel like we're kind of we're kind of leaving our kids uh, a mess to clean up. So, let's try and let's try and get it cleaned up for our kids. Let's try and get it cleaned up for our future generations, ladies and gentlemen. And give them a better world than what we were given. And everything will be okay. So thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I'm going to get some more stuff done. In fact, right after this episode, I have some prep work I'm going to do for tomorrow's episode. And I think you're going to like it. I got a couple uh, I got a couple subjects picked out. Obviously, I'm going to keep you up to date with what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. I got another couple subjects that I think we need to dig into that I, I think are important. We're going to have this debt ceiling crisis that's going to be happening in the next coming months. So you're going to start hearing a lot about that. They're going to try and blame Republicans. Republicans are going to blame Democrats. And that's how it always is. But the, I think what everybody needs to know, and I think that everybody realizes, is the United States government spent way too much money. We're in $31 trillion of debt, folks. So that's... I mean, there's just no way that we can spend any more money. That has to get taken care of first. Before we write any more checks, we got to pay the piper. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Um, I'm going to talk about the war a little bit, keep you up to date with what's going on there. And then there's something else that I wanted to get into that I can't remember off the top of my head, but I will get it figured out and laid out for tomorrow's episode. And yeah, folks, so you have a good night. And remember, share this episode share the show to your friends and family subscribers folks subscribers we need subscribers give ourselves the voice and with the voice we have the power and with the power we can do anything so share this episode share the show with your friends and family and again thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Stephen toriello show and i'll talk to you guys soon bye-bye